0: on local now, channel five twenty-five.
1: Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K.
0: Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Friday Eve. Thank you, Jesus. I do love me a weekend, especially when the weather is heavenly like it is right now. I don't mean to brag, but y'all let me brag because this is the most expensive place to live in the country. One bedroom apartments are upwards of over $3,000 a month. Can y'all let me brag about the weather? (laughs) Weather and good produce. Because one thing about the South is I never really got to enjoy a lot of good fresh fruit. Hey, glad to have you with me tonight. So much. Can y'all tell him in a good mood? Because we're actually going to open the show here with an actual good news story tonight. And I just can't wait to share that with you guys. Got lots of uh, great information, content, great guests for you guys tonight. It's always an honor for me to have you along with us. Email me at dot com. Download the podcast if you want to hear any of the segments again, or if you missed any part of the show last night. We had from his gulag, not from his cell, but from the basement of the D.C. jail, we had uh, political prisoner, Jake Lang. Or as Donald Trump is referring to today in his speech in Texas, the political hostages. So much to get into. I might as well bring my boy right in here. He is not he's fresh. You know, I never wanted any fresh, uh, any any fresh veggies when I was growing up. I always just wanted fresh fruit. Now I can't get enough of DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy
2: fiery like a dragon, (laughs) like a dungeon dragon, high heat. Sesame
1: Broccolini. (laughs) Every time (laughs) We
0: just just love that, don't we? Oh, it's the best (laughs) Um, I'm glad you're in a good mood too I don't even know if you've heard the latest news But I want you to play a little soundbite Coming straight out of the House of Representatives tonight Sesame Broccolini
1: on this vote, the yeas are 226, the nays are 196. The bill is passed without objection. A motion to reconsider is laid on the table.
0: Yeah, y'all know what bill that was. That was bill. That was the bill put forth as led by Speaker New House Speaker Mike Johnson out of Louisiana of the Ukraine. Off, not Ukraine. A uh, standalone aid package for Israel, $14.3 billion to be paid for by what? The IRS. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I did
1: not know that. Oh, oh.
0: Winning. Hashtag winning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that has is excellent.
0: Speaker, has he even been speaker a whole week yet?
1: In in about what, maybe 10 days, he's done far more than McCarthy ever did in months. I, (laughs) wow. All right. There is a new sheriff in town and he is from Louisiana. That's right. He
0: is. He is. He needs to be, he needs to start walking the halls with a sheriff hat, right? Maybe a little toothpick (laughs) hanging out his mouth. (laughs) <laughs> maybe some Mardi Gras beads hanging around his neck. Okay. I'm thinking though, brother friend, probably I got to research his time at LSU. Cause I don't think he was ever in SAE. I don't think I'm, I, I don't think it, I'm ever, I ever saw him down in the French quarter. This dude is too serious. He's too serious for the likes of us regular folk at LSU. I mean, he, um, he, he meets business. He meets business. Who remembers Billy Clyde Tuggle? From all my children, that's what he means. Now I get that there are some people today, and uh, in, in, including some serious conservatives, that are saying, "Why are we giving fourteen point three billion dollars to Israel? We're thirty-four trillion dollars in debt. They're only one trillion in debt. Why are we giving them money?" Let me tell you why I like that we're giving them money because of the message that it sends to our enemies. We're giving sixty billion dollars to Iran. We best be given some billions over there to Israel. It sends a message. Quite frankly, we should have sent sixty-one billion just to prove a point. Here's what uh, Speaker Johnson uh, was asked about. Um, he was he was doing an interview with with Cudlow, I think it was, and he was asked about his first meeting with Joe Biden. And Joe Biden by the way has said that he's going to veto this bill. What a jam he's been put into. What 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 is going to be Joe Biden's excuse for why he's not going to vote to give aid to Israel right now? Because it's going to take 14 billion from the additional 63 billion that was given to the IRS. This isn't this isn't reducing the IRS's funding by the way. It's reducing the additional funding that was given to the IRS. What's going to be the excuse, Sesame? What? what how is? How is he going to try to frame this?
1: Uh, he's going to try to frame this as you know. Oh, I'm the unity guy, and I, I want to you know reach out to the Palestinians and those uh, on, on the Jewish com- in the Jewish community, and you know, he's he's always framing himself as this big bridge person who tries to mm-hmm. navigate the divide and break through all the noise and the impasse, which is really just. Like you're saying, a way of framing cowardice, basically. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, because he he is. I think he is probably. Look, I I think you have to take a stand. Sometimes the fight comes to you. You have. You're put in positions like this as a leader. Certainly, as the the president of the United States, as the leader of the free world. Um, and we have a very strong ally of ours, and uh, behind enemy lines. Um. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we make it clear that we stand with that person, and we also stand against this kind of terror. That's like you're saying. It 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 signals to the enemies. I I don't – we have multiple proxy wars with multiple nuclear-armed powers, and I'm trying to – I want to get to peace by force, peace through strength. Right. I want the world to know we have a strong military, a strong government. You will not mess with us because it will be uh, – well, it's not in your best interest to, to pick a fight with us. That's right. that's the main point, right. and that's how we keep a rules-based order. It is a kind of containment. Um,
0: right, and this this actually is our fight. They killed 33 Americans in this. Yep. And we don't hear that enough on top of the fact that there are Americans still missing over there. So you're dang right we need to be giving them money. I get the people that are concerned about our budget and our deficit and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, but I guarantee you that Mike Johnson has plans to deal with that. Before we play the the clip from the interview that just it just made me grin today, uh, I, when it comes to Joe Biden's planned veto of this, let's go to number two. Numero dos in the White House. Uh, Sesame Broccolini, I have pulled a clip of Kamala Harris uh, trying to deliver uh, a message, which ends up being nothing but another word salad from her as she tries to justify why Joe Biden uh, would veto the standalone funding bill for Israel.
2: The White House has said it will veto any bill um, that doesn't include both Israel and Ukraine. Uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson has said that he wants to do Israel first alone and then move on to Ukraine and the U.S. border. What is the path forward there, and is there room for the White House to negotiate on um, U.S. border immigration issues in that package?
3: Well, first of all, we're not negotiating that, and we've been very clear that we must stand by the role of the United States as it relates to our global responsibility to uphold and defend international rules and norms and what is right. And so our our proposal is that there be aid given to both places, to Israel and to Ukraine. And we are standing by that, as you have said. The president has been very clear. If any bifurcation of that should occur, uh, he will veto the bill that you have um, referred to. But let's also be clear that These folks who want to be considered as leaders in the midst of global crises of a proportion we have not seen in a very long time are playing political games with people.
0: (laughs) Idiot, say what? (laughs) Reminds me, I don't know if you ever saw Sesame Broccolini, one of my favorite skits from In Living Color in the 90s. And it was Damon Wayans. If you've never seen this skit, you gotta Google it. He played a prisoner who liked to try to impress people with his big words. Okay, he would talk about how let me flagellate on your prostate <laughs> and the and the maximization of your sanitizing. Uh, excuse me, your emphasizing of of my uterine capabilities. <laughs> you cannot listen to Kamala Harris if you know that skit and not remember that skit. And they would end it by saying, stay in school, fool. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good message. Please do. (laughs)
0: It's definitely a good message. Although what
1: happens when your school becomes an indoctrination camp? That's the, uh, this
0: is true. Now let's get back. Before we take a break, I want to get back to this, uh, speaker, Mike Johnson. Now that you've heard, You've heard Kakala and her word salad. I want you to hear what good schooling, go Tigers, will do for you, okay? Because this man went to LSU undergrad and LSU law, and here he is being asked about his first meeting with Joe Biden after he became Speaker. Sesame?
2: When you spoke to President Biden after your victory as Speaker, did First of all, how was that just generally? And um, did these issues come up? Did he, you know, he sort of comments on stuff and you might have had an opinion or two. What was that conversation like?
1: Uh, We had a cordial kind of a meet and greet conversation. The schedule got jostled a bit and we actually wound up having 15 or almost 20 minutes uh, together. Uh, But we kept it at the surface level. I mean, I'd met him once before and uh, it was uh, really a, an introductory kind of thing. It, you know, it was a pleasant conversation. He knows that we're on very different planets with regard to policy and our positions and all of that, and we, we uh, kind of mutually agreed, I think, that we'd have a stalemate for purposes of that conversation. I did meet later that day, this was on Thursday of last week, with Jake Sullivan and uh, and the OMB director, Shalanda, and, and a number of the White House officials, and we had very uh, direct conversations about where the House is, where the House Republican majority is on, for example, dividing the Israel and Ukraine issue, and uh, I just told them we're resolved, and we're going to do it that way, and everybody there needs to kind of wrap their mind around that because that's reality Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, is that you know what I was thinking of I don't know if you've ever heard this saying, but we we have a saying in the South that if if you do it right, you can tell somebody to go to hell and they'll look forward to the trip. Okay, that's what that's what he just did. He says, I just told him I had a meeting with Joe Biden. We kept a surface level and it was very pleasant. And then I went over to Jake Sullivan and so and so and yada yada. And I just said, this is how we're going to do things. And, you know, have a nice day. (laughs) And they're just going to have to deal with it. And sure enough, success happened tonight. Who's remembering fondly now? Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Imagine being Kevin McCarthy tonight. I somewhere he is somewhere sucking on a cigarette and and downing some Jack Daniels, trying to ease the pain. I just know he is. I'm glad the pain of a Speaker McCarthy is behind us. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. You're not done with Kamala because we got more. Guess what? New assignment has been given Kamala Harris.
1: Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too.
2: It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego.
0: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I know y'all just can't get enough of that Kamala Harris. She's just such a doll, right? America's sweetheart. <laughs> I think my favorite memory of Kamala so far is when uh, her one and only debate in which she got crushed by Boss Hog, Tulsi Gabbard in the Boss Hog suit was she had already planned to tell her little sad little school bus story, and then she had all these T-shirts printed up ready to go with her, her little face, her little school schoolyard face on, on the T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up all being L.I. li. <laughs> and she, the segregation and buses was completely done by the time she was ever riding a school bus. Oh, just can't get enough of Camilla. Now, on top of her being the fantastic border czar that she's been, which has led to 10 million illegal aliens coming into the country, right? Now she's been part of the country's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia, right? Because what do you do with a problem like Kamala Harris? A vice president with the personality of a tuna salad sandwich left in a glove compartment and August, yeah, in New Orleans, yeah. What do you do with her? Hmm, you can't really give her anything legitimate to do. You've got to give her something that you know means absolutely nothing. And also when it falls on its face and it's so putrid of an, of a plan, then, you know, sloth it off onto her, right? How stupid is this? I want you to hear her announcement here, and then we're going to break it down. No joke as to how stench-filled this whole plan is. Sesame, if you can play the clip.
3: And so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. This strategy will be a comprehensive and detailed plan to protect Muslims and those perceived to be Muslim from hate, bigotry and violence and to address the concern that some government policies may discriminate against Muslims. For example, the so-called Muslim ban, which President Biden revoked on our first day in office. So here's the bottom line. In America, no one should be made to fight hate alone. And in this moment, then, let us all clearly say, a harm against any one of us is a harm against all of us.
1: <sighs> hmm. Did you uh, what? catch the inaccuracy in there? Which which part? At least a few <laughs> of, at least a few of them. But if I could put on my fact checker cap for just a yes, moment here, too. she mm-hmm. claims that Trump implemented a Muslim ban, which is not true. Um, right. He referred back to a list of countries that are considered dangerous for national security reasons and said, we're going to add some other countries to that list where the predominantly practiced religion is Islam, but he did not ban Muslims. He said, we are protecting the American people and we're not going to let Mm -hmm. anyone from Somalia just waltz on in like they're doing right Right. now. We've got people that come from many different known countries that are are on that list right now that are coming up through the southern border. It's been well documented on the show. It's we've talked about this before, and it's it's frustrating. So I just it's very it's like I, I how can you take someone seriously when the government just routinely is so inaccurate? They push propaganda. They mislead people for the sake of scoring political points. It's just can't we do better? Don't don't the people want better? I don't know.
0: Well, the people are being, the people being gaslighted. By the way, I wouldn't have a problem with any, with a Muslim ban. As, uh, as I think it might have been Brigitte Gabriel who said one time, if we knew that there were, there was a deadly disease that killed you on contact and it was coming out of China, would we not ban every person coming here from China? Because we wouldn't have the ability to know which one carried the deadly disease and which didn't. So we would absolutely. And that's what we should have done. But you're absolutely correct. There was never a Muslim ban, even though, quite frankly, it makes sense that there would have been. But one of the things that's absolutely so outrageous about this is the manipulation of the minds of Americans. Where is all of this need to combat Islamophobia? It's fiction. There is no Islamophobia and violence against Muslims happening in this country right now. What they did with this is so despicable to me because while Jewish students are having to hide in rooms to avoid violence, while Jews are being threatened on on the, the campus of Cornell with being killed. Well, we have at UCLA mobs of people chanting for genocide of Jews, swastikas being painted on people's homes. This is what the the Biden administration comes out with. We all know why they did this, Sesame Broccolini, because the Muslims, the anti-Semitic Jew haters across this country that are Democrat voters, went to the Biden administration and said, we're not going to fund you. We're not going to support you. We're not going to vote for you if you don't demand a ceasefire or, uh, uh, over and what's happening in Israel and Gaza. That's why they came out and did this. This is even, this is basically, this is a move to pander to the, the anti-Jew Muslims in this country. And that cannot be whitewashed. We have to be very clear with what they are doing here. We've got to understand what is happening here in this country? And it is the partnership between the Democrats, the communist, and their Islamist-communist partners. That's what's going on here. And then also on top of it, the Biden administration today came out and said that they asked for a, quote, pause for humanitarian reasons in Gaza. While the IDF put out a video showing, oh, well, yeah, we can't play it. They, uh, they've got... Um, It's been translated into English, but not audibly, of how uh, the Hamas was seizing fuel from hospitals to use for their terrorist efforts. Yesterday, we had a Hamas official come out and claim that they were not going to stop. This was never going to stop, and and, and it's certainly not going to stop now until Israel is wiped off the map. The pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, anti-Jew sentiment is outrageous in this country. What we are facing is the worst attack on Jews in the United States and around the world since the Holocaust. And for the Biden administration to come out with this kind of pandering to the pro-terrorist crowd in this country should be quite disturbing to every American. Later on in the show, we've got a friend of mine... Uh, attorney, political commentator, radio host Wendy Patrick is going to be here because some of the students from Harvard and Cornell are pondering filing lawsuits. And it really poses a lot of questions as to what we do. Now that we have imported all of these uh, terror sympathizers into this country with our open borders, our refugee programs, and in the indoctrination into our schools, we've created a pro-terror movement in this country. Now, what do we do about it? One of the things we've got to do is we've got to get rid of some Republicans because 22 of them today uh, refused to vote to censure Rashida Tlaib for her anti-Semitism. But we're going to shift gears and we come back. We've got Dr. Naomi Wolf who's going to be here to talk about the shocking news about COVID and a certain lab Fauci ran here in the United States. Stay tuned.
2: K bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the answer, San Diego.
0: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Did y'all think you had heard it all? Do you think that you knew all of the lies that fraud Fauci had been spewing? Did you think that the lies actually just started with uh, masks and six foot distancing or even the shots? I think a lot of people are perceiving that the first lie had to do with the fact that fraud Fauci claimed that COVID started at a wet market in Wuhan, but there was far, there was, there was more stuff happening with the Rona, even here in the United States involving that Wuhan lab that nobody knew about until just a, a few days ago. And here to discuss and share with you guys all the, the, the latest lowdown is really the person at the forefront of doing all that. I think I think most of the investigative, if not all the investigative work as to the shots and the, the clot shots and the, the poison that's been injected into Americans. And it's, uh, y'all know her, it's Dr. Naomi Wolf, author of Facing the Beast, courage, faith, and resistance in a new dark age. She's also co-founder and CEO of Daily Clout, and she's she's such a fan favorite every time she's on the Andrea K. show, and I'm super proud to have her back with me. Hey, Naomi, welcome back. Hey, thank you so much for having me back. I always love to talk to you. So what are we, thanks. Um, so, I mean, I'm still like my mouth's on the floor. We are finding out that in 2018, F- fraud, Fauci, took, pick, picked up some bats from a roadside zoo, uh, or monkeys, or whatever they were, from a roadside zoo in Delaware, I think it was. And then mm-hmm. the same Wuhan lab, from which the COVID nineteen escaped, they sent the W one N one coronavirus to a Fauci run
2: lab in Montana. Yeah, <laughs> you. You got it just about right. It it sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, but with, you know, a horror movie mixed in. Basically, in 2018, and this is a story broken by, well, the Daily Mail, who were breaking the work of a pretty impressive group of kind of Internet scientists and investigators called Drastic um, and another group called uh, White Coast Waste white coat waste um, group that they they uh, FOIA m- m- misbehavior on the part of the scientific establishment. Well, they found out that in 2018, Dr. Fauci took 12 Egyptian bats from a, quote, shady roadside zoo uh, in Maryland, 15 minutes away from Camp David, um, a, a zoo that has all kinds of complaints about how badly it's run and how dirty and how Sad. The animals are that are being mistreated. He shipped, and, and that facility is overseen by a former NIH um, official. He shipped these twelve Egyptian bats to a facility that he runs in Montana, Rocky Mountain, Montana. There, he injected them with coronavirus that he had obtained shipped to him from the Wuhan lab in China. And then they sacrificed the um, the bats to see if they'd gotten infected. So this is basically gain-of-function research at a time when it was illegal. Um, and it it's basically the Wuhan lab, which is run by the People's Liberation Army uh, of the Chinese Communist Party, shipping their, you know, would-be bioweapon coronavirus virus to America to be injected in bats in the heartland of America. So that's what he did. It's unbelievably illegal. And it really raises the question, A, why was he breaking the law? But B, you know, the story is that this leaked from a lab or it may well have leaked from a lab in Wuhan. It could have leaked from Montana in 2008, yeah. like circulated since 2018. And by the way, since I presented this story on Bannon, I my inbox is full of people who, live around that area in those states saying, I lost my sense of taste and smell in, you know, late 2018, early 2019. I was so sick. I had a, a, you know, I had a sickness like I never had before. I mean, uh, presenting the possibility that it had been circulating um, in the United States. And then we were told, you know, it had been imported from China in early 2020.
0: Well, yeah, we were told that And and how many times did Fraud Fauci say that for two years, three years, I think he's probably still saying that all indications were that it was organic from, you know, bats at a wet market. He's still refusing to acknowledge that it came from that lab in Wuhan. And the entire time he's saying that, he knew, and others in the U.S. government had to have known that this was happening in Montana. And even then, and even into january in 2020 he he was mad that trump wanted to stop people from coming here from china uh was that because he knew it was already here because it was from montana i mean the extent of of all the different lies that this man told that led to so many deaths of americans from the gain of function research uh to the denial of proven treatments to uh, then keeping healthy people locked inside of their their homes, to right. then the injections from these clot shots. I mean, this man is the most prolific serial killer in the history of the world. Why hasn't he been arrested?
2: Uh, the what? I mean, I can't answer why he hasn't been arrested. I know because- that was a rhetorical <laughs> question. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I I'm sure talking heard. out loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, that's in my head all day long, Andrea. Why hasn't he yes. been arrested? But you know, clearly his protection goes to the very highest levels right and it could be that this was a dod program you know like there's a lot of speculation about why he seems to be untouchable um but whatever the reason i i think no one knew this latest and we i don't think it's possible to overstate this i think the whole drama about oh my gosh people are coming in from China. I like I remember how those news stories unfolded. It was so much like a product rollout. You know, there's been a conference in Boston, it's about viruses. Oh goodness, there's mysterious disease. Nineteen people have it. Sixteen people are dead in China. You know, like It was like a drumbeat. Well, you know, that could have been completely covering their tracks because they knew they messed up in Montana in 2018, Mm -hmm. or they knew that a deadly virus was loose now globally. You can't really ever find out exactly where a virus comes from. I believe it's, it's not like a DNA on a crime scene. And, you know, there's a paper trail tying him to experimenting illegally with Egyptian bats in the heartland of America with With the Chinese Communist Party's you know would be bioweapon virus, right that, how is that going to play it's
0: just it, 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 it in in my mind is racing wondering what else we don't know uh, of course we well we know how much that you know more than anybody, your team of what thirty five hundred people know more than anybody the extent of what was hidden uh from the American people in regards to the shots. And uh, uh, you yeah. know, and and I and that, and I, now I'm thinking. I thought that was the worst of it all. Right now, right. I'm wondering if that's just not the tip of the iceberg. And while I have you here, is there any new information that you have to share about research that you guys have done in continuing to go through these Pfizer documents? Oh,
2: my gosh. I spoke with you. Well, I guess the, <laughs> some of the biggest, you know, really tie in with this because they they are part of this kind of overall theme that this guy's a mass murderer and that these people at the top are are just completely signed on to knowing that they were murdering a lot of Americans and and injuring and sterilizing them. Um, Some of the most recent um, breakthroughs are that uh, Pfizer concealed two deaths from the injection and didn't tell the FDA. They delayed reporting the deaths. Um, so that they could get the emergency use authorization. So basically, the EUA was granted on wow. the basis of fraud, you know, concealing two people who just dropped dead when they were injected with this vaccine. Wow. And that's horrible.
0: Yeah. Horrible. And
2: that's so, for so many reasons, but it's also big, you know, lawyers across the country are revising their complaints, as are we, because um, they. It means that that the PREP Act could be pierced because this is black and white fraud. You know, and and many of us know who are following this, that the PREP Act uh, confers legal immunity on Pfizer Mm -hmm. and other drugs or whatever they do to Americans. Well, fraud is, um, you know, one uh, one way to to kind of break through that uh, legally. So a flood of lawsuits could follow, um, you know, this finding of these volunteers. The second uh, thing is so much. My gosh, um, I know. I hate to put you on the spot, but you know, <laughs> my mental filing cabinet is so full with what these people have found, and everyone can look on the upper right hand corner of dailycloud.io and read their um, these eighty nine reports. But this is huge. They yeah. found that there was a secret trial within the trial, so there was a bait and switch at the very end of the trials where. The formula that they disclosed to the FDA was replaced. 202 people were injected with another formula that they hadn't disclosed to the FDA. Those people mm. had 2.4 times the adverse events than the other group. And then what was rolled out and put in everyone's arm was the secret trial formula, which is called process two. Well, that has fragments of DNA and simian virus in it, which is wow. uh, correct-
0: Look, everybody needs to go and, you know, it's, it's, it's scary reading. It's frightening reading, but you've laid it all out there for the american people what has gone on there with these shots and uh, the the, uh, the the federal government's dismayed right now that so few people have gone and gotten uh boosters and uh the pressure is going to be on as we're going into uh, the cold and flu season and yeah. so i re- tell everybody where they can go and read this information so that they can make a good decision as to whether or not they want to get these shots because the pressure is going to be on here in november and December.
2: Absolutely. But I think people are really waking up because Pfizer, in the financial reports, Pfizer has lost all the revenue they gained with their COVID um, oh, products. good. They're <laughs> back Florida, you know, and people are not biting. So you can come to dailycloud.io, as I mentioned, and read all the reports there. You can order the Pfizer book. Um, on Amazon, I recommend it. It's a great way to give your doctor or a loved one all the information. And I tell the story of this amazing group of volunteers in my new book, which is called Facing the Beast, Courage, Faith and Resistance in a New Dark Age, which is published this coming week. Well, on
0: I that definitely a must read people need to stock up give it out as christmas presents make a great stocking stuffer and uh, god bless you thank you for all this hard work you're doing i appreciate you being here tonight i'm so grateful to you thank you so much take care thank you take good care all right you guys we're going to take a break we come back final segment of this first hour of the andrea k show come on back
2: K, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer. San Diego.
0: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, last segment we were talking to Dr. Naomi Wolf, who, with a team of thirty-five hundred people, went through the Pfizer documents. Y'all remember how the, that Pfizer went to a court and said they wanted ninety-nine years before revealing all of their clinical trial data and everything related to the shots. And the judge was like, "Uh, nah, you're going to have to start kicking those out. Well, it was Naomi Wolf's team that went through them. And so she shared with us some updated information. If you missed that segment, we also talked about the latest breaking news of Fraud Fauci and his little Wuhan uh, little lab he was running out of Montana in cahoots, With the Wuhan lab in 2018, what else are we going to be finding out? And let me tell y'all, this whole thing is uh, far, well, y'all, since you're Andrew Acacia listeners and also consumers of other conservative outlets, I don't have to tell y'all that this is even bigger than fraud Fauci in the U.S., Right. There was a reason why, you know, you could tell that this was about the new world order and Great Reset when all the other countries were all using the same identical talking points. They were all using the same failed strategies that wasn't working anywhere. And then you would have some little country like Switzerland doing the complete opposite. And having success, you had you had areas of India that was using ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to much success. Uh, The continent of Africa using ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to much success. It was mainly uh, Scandinavia, you know, Europe um, and um, China and the U.S that bought into uh, all of this communistic crap that was going on. Um, all right. Before I was going to give you guys an update on James Comer, but I think I want to stay on the Islamophobia thing that we were talking about earlier in the show, because on the same time, as 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 disturbing as it is that the Biden administration has followed up on the anti-Semitism going on in this country where Jews are not safe in the United States of America, we, uh, they followed up with their new uh, strategy to counter Islamophobia. We had 22 Republican weasels that joined suit. Marjorie Taylor Greene put forth a resolution to censor terrorist and terrorist sympathizer with, with fundraising ties to Hamas, Rashida Taleb. Not only is Rashida Tlaib an anti-Semite, but she stood outside the Capitol and threatened the president of the United States, called for hundreds of people to go into the Capitol defending terrorism in this country. Marjorie Taylor Greene brought forth a reasonable resolution and 22 Republicans voted it down. And a couple of the names that voted it down were people that y'all might have considered at one point to be good conservatives. I'm talking about Chip Roy. I'm talking about Thomas Massey. And for those who don't even know that here in San Diego County, we actually have a Republican congressman named Daryl Issa, but nobody knows he exists because basically he takes money and does nothing to further the cause of anything worthy in this country quite frankly. I mean, you know, Sesame Brocolini, were you even aware we had a congressman here in San Diego named Daryl Issa?
1: Oh, yeah. I am familiar with him. I know people personally that work for him. I've campaigned with him because I've been involved in local Republican Mm -hmm. politics at the congressional level, at the city council level. I know a lot. Uh, Can you
0: tell me one thing that he's done in the the last two years to further anything on behalf of freedom and uh, conservatism?
1: Honestly, no. Look, he... I, I respect him. He's a veteran. Um, I'd like to respect you know at least respect him <laughs> as a person, but as a as a leader, I just there's a lot to be desired, honestly. Um, yeah. And I don't think he's a great representation of what a conservative leader really is, or and certainly not you know an America first person. <laughs> I mean, He he plays ball. Um, and I, look, I don't want to come down on him too harsh, but it's like I because there mm-hmm. are a lot of other politicians that do it. But I'm happy to. at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I want uh, there's there's a he, I don't think he's leaving an impactful legacy of uh, no, he's furthering not. the conservative agenda he's, he's or repairing this country away. as it falls apart. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: He, we don't – the best thing I can say about Daryl Issa right now is that that he's keeping the seat from being occupied by a Democrat.
1: Yes, exactly. That That is <laughs> that, the real net benefit. That's it.
0: That's the net benefit there. But when you – but there's absolutely no excuse for why anybody would not vote to censure Rashida Tlaib. Chip Roy's excuse, as well as Hageman or whatever her name is out of Texas, is that f- there's freedom of speech in this country. Um, okay, um, nobody's nobody's suggesting that she be thrown in jail, lady. What we're suggesting is that she is, you know, um, spewing hate. She's incite. She actually is inciting a violence. And while and, and while that claim may have been falsely made against Donald Trump, um, nobody's calling for her to be charged with a crime for any words that came out of her mouth. So you don't need to provide a defense against something for which nobody is is suggesting. What we're suggesting is that, and what this resolution was about is, is about it, it, it. And the word censure means it's about extreme disapproval. The same Republican Party, too many of them are happy to have Donald J. Trump indicted, looking at 400 years for holding a peaceful rally and telling people to be peaceful, but they won't vote for not even a slap on the wrist, but just somebody to to, to be told we disapprove of your comments. Oh, well, you know, part of the reason why Chip Roy says he didn't like, you know, the resolution is that she said that Rashida Taleb was calling for an insurrection and that word gets thrown around too much. This is not the time for these guys to be playing word games and playing games with semantics and trying to take the high road. This is the kind of crap that has us getting killed right now. An open border with 10 million people coming across, many of them terrorists. 34 trillion in debt. Children being mutilated. Antisemitism running rampant in this country because you guys always want to take the high road and it's nowhere but the road to tyranny. We're going to take a break. We come back. Hour two of tonight's Andrea K show. Some students are, are saying that they want to fight back against the anti-Semitism on college and file a lawsuit. We're going to talk to Wendy Patrick about that political and legal commentator when we return. Don't go away.